Oh my god. Oh my god. You know, um I was uh today was a relaxing day for the boy. You know, just my routine, chilled at my location. Don't wanna give it out. Don't wanna be mobbed by the fans and be steady mobbing. But uh uh this girl, you know, she uh she talks to me sometimes when I go by. She'll just come over there and talk, nothing crazy or sexual and she'll say and today in particular she said um men are trash right pretty standard quota these days and I told her meh you know not all men are trash maybe just the type of characteristics you look for typically come with characteristics and things that typically would associate with the guys you like and she said no men are trash and I said Okay, then, I just got one question for you. Who let their dogs out? Ooh, 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 ooh. Welcome to episode 52 of the Off and Beat podcast. I'm your host, Clint. Another shameless intro and another shameless story that, you know, I should probably not tell all stories to the light, but, um, you know what they say about light? It uh, brings light to situations that are very, very negligent and inconsistent. And inconsistency is what strives us to be, ironically, consistent. Because in order to be consistent, you have to know the difference between consistent and inconsistent. I am inconsistent in what I feel. I am very consistent, though, in the fact that I don't know what I feel. See what I did there? Oh, it's amazing how if you just switch things around, they mean the same thing. But in reality, here we are. So, uh, I would, uh, brace for impact. But, you know, my, uh, knee hasn't popped out of place yet. And it's kind of weird in the Drake line from, um, Tuscan Leather, I believe. I had the Derek, I had the Derek Rose fucking basically talking about, uh, Derrick Rose fucking his knee up back on his 2013 Nothing Was The Same album. Had the Derrick Rose a knee up. It's kind of pretty fucked up line. Now I'm a Drake stan. But I do not stand for people who can't stand since, you know, now at that point in time. They were injured. And uh, speaking of being on my bullshit, haha, because he used to play for the Bulls. And that's actually a line from many freestyles. Uh, specifically Lil Diggy, and specifically, just hold on, we're going home. So, I wonder, what matters more? When I wonder when you listen to an album, I, I was assessing this about myself, this is the Often Beat Podcast, so we literally talk about any and everything. A lot of people say they'll talk about anything, but not many people actually talk about anything, um... What do you look for when you are listening to an album? What matters more to you? Is it... I think, you know, every genre is different things you look for, right? Different genres expose different talents or lack thereof. Like, that's why in rap, um, if you are a lyricist or an MC, you are pretty much judged by your writing, your lyrics. Because if you don't write your lyrics, um, 
it's kind of like what do you bring new what do you what do you bring that's unique to the art to you as an individual because if you don't write your own lyrics we could get anyone that could rhyme and a flow and a beat and say the same thing but not everyone could come up with the lyrics you do now someone like beyonce uh someone that can sing like adele or people like sam smith or even you know just name any person that can sing sing you know it doesn't matter if someone writes their music. That's why Drake and the whole Ghost Friend thing is kind of a big deal, even as the biggest Drake fan. You know, whether we ever find out who wrote what, you know, it's still going to leave a black eye to him. Where someone like Beyonce, she cannot write a single lyric all she wants. Because her talent is the singing. She could sing about feet for three minutes, and you're still going to be amazed. She didn't even write Irreplaceable. Neo wrote Irreplaceable. And Neo's like, hmm, I'm writing hits for all these other artists. Why don't I just make my own album? Then what does he make? In my own words. And in my own words and opinion, uh, still my favorite. Because of You, his second album, pretty solid. But nothing like sexy love to the things you do. Oh, baby, baby, you make sprung. Oh, baby, I... Yeah. Um, hopefully you don't need more of, damn it, I fucked up the pun. Kind of like a Zoe 101, I'm all about the chase. Uh, Clint brought it back, baby, bring it back with the bow and arrows. And like a bitch, but I have my money, I got that green arrow from a distance. Kind of like Joe Rogan in the Instagram vid. Boom, got a mink. And speaking of a uh, Monsters, Inc., I <laughs> see what I did there, mink. Seeing videos of minks and dogs work together to catch rats. Um, it's almost like they let the rat out of the bag. Uh, and uh, have a nice little souffle. It's almost like if you want to eat some booty, get some ratatouille. And let them know that Disney will come for you. And copyright anything you want to post because they are very negligent about that. Um, talk about the arrogance of a fucking company. Where they're just like, you know what? We don't feel like uh, letting anyone... When DVDs were a thing, right? What they used to do. It's for like, uh, you know, Beauty and the Beast, uh, The Aristocrats. That's not even a popular fucking example. The Lion King. Think of any big Disney movie of all time. You couldn't just buy any Disney movie whenever the fuck you wanted. They would put it out like... Oh, you have two months to buy this on Blu-ray for $29.99. And if you don't buy in two months, uh, you just don't. And it brought, it brought, um, it, what's the word I'm looking for? It brought assertiveness. It brought, oh, boom, making people think about them. Because if you just have something on the shelves, be like, yeah, you know, I'll just wait till my next check, blah, blah, blah. You make excuses. And I'll buy it when it gets around to it. It'll always be on the Walmart counter. But if you bring action where you force people to, hey, you have a week to get this. And once we're taking off the shelves, maybe back in two, two and a half years. And then you have to legally stream or copyright one of our movies. And we're one of the few companies, if you copyright or legally stream, we actually keep track of that shit. And we will sue the fuck out of you. Other companies don't want you to do it. But Disney will actually make you not want to do it. 
it's a it's a cold world and uh even if you're on the south side like sam hunt's album can't get enough and uh, no matter um if you were drinking too much you will be hard to forget even if i do have you meet my kid folks um i'm just gonna always refer to when we were young once and you know Nothing will last forever. That's the sad reality. Nothing lasts forever. But one thing that will last forever is my memory of your body being like a back road. The only reason why I'm going 15 into 30 because I have no choice. If I go any faster, um, gas will run out after three miles if you get my drift. Um, No matter how many dirt roads we go down, you were raised on it. That's off a completely different album. I'm going to stop this because your boy's not sharp mentally today. But I'll tell you what, I am sharp on my cheddar and uh, Disney. I was about to say Disney. And that is a very basic gas station channel. Cheddar stocks. I wish, you know, it's kind of a weird thing. I'm not for stocking. But I think if someone's stocking you, you should kind of feel flattered. Even if you don't want someone to be in your business or looking through your window or, you know, uh, Aaron Andrews, your hotel keyhole. Um, That is kind of a weird thing. Like, no one in that whole fucking hallway was like, hey, dude, what are you doing with that little uh, telescope going through someone's keyhole? There was no one. I've seen the video. Not that I'm a creep. But, you know, it was news. I had to do it for news. It was for research. You know? It looked like it was the middle of the day outside. Daylight. People were still going in and out of their hotels when they go get lunch and all that shit. No one saw this guy? No one? Or is this just a normal thing people see? Maybe this is a normal thing in society. I do not know. But, you know what? What the fuck do I know? It does just fascinate me that we just ignore the obvious. It's kind of a um, my microcosm of society is that we we try to overthink everything so much that we think everything there's got to be deeper reasons why things are happening or it's just if we see something we have conditioned ourselves to in this quote unquote sophisticated world and I say that with quotations. And hypothetical and highly sarcasm. In this highly sophisticated world, we just can't, we have a hard time seeing things just for what they are. And it really creates this weird, um, it creates this weird itemization of how we see things. It's almost like we can't believe the first thing we see because we're always taught to you know, critically think every little thing, you know, everything you see on the surface, surface is terrible, surface level information is a fallacy, surface level, nothing is always on the surface, it's all about what's on the deep web, and even the deep web is just the surface level, you know nothing, it's like, mm, I don't know, if I see a guy stick his hands in some stranger's, some uh, stranger's purse on a subway, and it doesn't look like it's someone she knows. Um, I'm not going to be like, well, you know what? I want to give the benefit of the doubt. Chances are, 
Um, he's just seeing if she has a Kleenex wipe. She's just seeing if she has a napkin. You know, she's just seeing to make sure she has her inhaler in there in case she passes out. Of course. Or, chances are, he's probably trying to mug her, steal something, take money. Um, or trying to make sure, you know, she uh, doesn't have pepper spray. Try to make sure she doesn't have any weapons or maybe pull up and use that weapon on the person that had the weapon to defend themselves from people that stole their weapon. I don't know. Um, but, of course, we live in this world where someone's going to see that and always try to justify not taking action. And when you never address the surface level and when you always try to look quote-unquote beyond the surface level, it, it creates a lot of potential to just have potential bullshit and quote-unquote people talk about feelings today being in your feelings about stuff but when you actually just never when you always always have to go deeper than what's on the surface because you always think there's some deeper hidden conspiracy or some deeper hidden thing that's beyond just what you see ever the term ever the saying what you see is what you get there's a lot of merit to it more of life, in my opinion, is what's literally right there on the surface. Not everything has a deep underlying uh, feeling, deeper underlying message, deeper underlying uh, reasoning type of thing. Like, if you see bad, it's not, you know what, they're just misunderstood. It's like, no, he murdered his whole family. Yeah, but you don't understand the stress that comes with having a family. It's like, um, okay, granted, that's still your choice, though, and maybe if you weren't, if you didn't know if you had the ability to really be able to handle leading a family, um, maybe the solution, when you find out that you can't, isn't to murder them. Oh, but if it's Amityville, he was possessed by ghosts, it's like, hmm, meh. If you want to talk about surface level, um, the surface level was, there's a bunch of people killing this house before. Um, maybe on the surface level, on the surface uh, newspapers, maybe don't fucking buy a house. They could potentially take over. Because whether it was possessed before that possession, we know it's possessed. Because it's already been possessed for the previous people. So, at the very least, you are going to be the ones possessed. That's how ghost stories work. Ghost adventures. And... The, by the way, the creepiest thing about the Amityville fucking whole thing is that fucking top little mirror. And I understand it was kind of by design, but if that is what happened, the house is while wow, the house was designed. It literally just looked like an eye, like like an eyeball just looking at you from above. And it was more like this symbolism that even God from above can't help the the deathening of demons that happened below which in this case was the house you know but what's when we get in this whole everything is deeper than what it is you create a lot of open room for fuckery you create a lot of open room for people to convince you bullshit that's not there you open the floodgates for a complete nonsensical quote-unquote people to convince you of stuff that is complete horseshit, to be pretty frank about it. 
And it shouldn't affect older individuals that have lived enough life or at least have a grasp of knowledge of actually seeing things for what it is. But it does kind of matter when you talk about younger when you're talking about younger people who either see things for what it is or they're also very manipul they could be very easily manipulated. They could be very easily gestured into thinking in certain ways. That's how peer pressure is when you're younger. Because you can be easily think about the fit in and you don't want to be the person that's not cool. You don't want to be the person that doesn't think things are, you know, just on the surface. You don't want to be that guy, do you? You know, like anything, it's balanced. You don't want to be that crazy motherfucker that thinks everything has this grand conspiracy and all this shit. But you also don't want to be that dude that just literally, what it is is what it is. Of course, like anything, is a balance. You got to be able to see for what it is. But be open to the possibility that there's probably something to this more than what's being said. Because if you don't look past the service, it's also a danger to not possibly see why the danger is a danger. But when you just always resort to the possible craziest scenarios, like, it's just fucking like, Jesus fucking Christ. It's just people that are trying to complicate things. To bring some reasoning to the craziness of life that Ari is. And to me, it's just, alright man, like, I'm good. I'm sorry if I'm the I'm good guy, like, I don't, sometimes less is more. Like, I'm not an, like, I'm kind of actually more of an advocate that I don't think us people need to know everything um, of the deep, deep CIA type of shit. Like, honestly. What if the CIA were to fucking tell you? Yeah. You know what? These aliens, they do exist. And not only do they exist, but you know what? If they want to tomorrow, they can have an independence day and just take over all of our fucking shit. Would that make you feel more at ease? And there's nothing we could do to stop it. You know, we could stop... Um, we could stop a freaking... Uh, you know, m- meteors. What the fuck am I saying? We could stop freaking nuclear bombs from happening to us we could deflect them we could deflect from random objects coming from space we could even predict uh comets we could predict all the shit but you know we could predict the global warming all these things we could prevent attacks from other countries you know what we can't these aliens if they want it we're just gonna have to you know bend over and give it to them is that really an easing feeling? Because I think the one thing that when you put trust in quote-unquote government or just any higher author- authority that we accept to have more knowledge than us and we, you know, the genesis is to protect us. And sometimes protecting people is not letting them know all the potential shit because people got their own stresses in life to live. Then you got people overreacting. Well, I shouldn't say overreact because if you find out some shit, you know, you're going to react accordingly. But you got the potential of the dangers of what happens. Kind of like with COVID. When all that was breaking, people went and just bought a shitload of toilet paper. Then it caused harm because then there was a bunch of people that couldn't get toilet paper because people were overstocking for an apocalypse. We were running out of water. We were running out of certain perishments of food. Grocery stores were fucking insane. This is what happens when 
chaos and there's freak out and the job of like homeland security NSA, you know well, not NSA, but you get what i'm saying the cia and all that stuff their job is to make sure that we don't have to worry about things right to bring calmness to us that the only problems we have are problems that we could potentially beat are problems that have hope to overcome if there's just some outside source of things that could overrule us and lord us, there's nothing that we can do about it. You understand how scary of an existence that is when there's people just struggling to just live the life that's here as is? Then we may just have people out here on a purge. Because it's like, well, fuck it. If they're going to kill, we're just going to do... We're just going to start committing heinous acts. Then you have anarchy. Then you have fucking just complete ass wipes just doing some fuck shit not giving a fuck about surroundings or environment or the people so i i am not a i'm proponent in knowing as much as we need to know and knowing things to prevent um fuckery happening within us as people but in terms of things like there's certain I don't I don't want to know what's down deep in the fucking ocean. I don't want to know. I don't want to know if there's an eight thousand foot long shark. It would be cool, but what if people find out that's an eight thousand foot long shark in the ocean? You're gonna have no one to go to the ocean. No one to go to beach areas. You're gonna have no one fucking uh, going to these vacation spots to these beaches. That's tourism, baby. You gonna ruin that? No, we like not everything needs to be. I know that sounds crazy and sounds bad because it sounds like I'm saying they need to prevent us from having information. What I'm saying is things that we think we want to know. Like there's a reason why your parents don't tell you everything that's really happening between them. Because if you knew, you'd be like, this ain't good. Uh, Like they're not going to tell you if they're. Two days away from losing the house. Because that's going to put you in a stress. You're going to go to school. Not knowing if you have a home to go to. It's like no. We're going to try to figure this out. And try to make sure the kids don't see as much shit. That they don't need to see as possible. This is our problem. Our problem is to protect them. And You're not going to tell your kids everything. Like. Your kids. As a parent. You know. They don't need to know everything. It's probably best they don't, because they don't need to worry about that shit. And we're kids to the government. We don't need to know everything. We just need to know if there's any environmental... We just need to know if there's any, like, hey, yeah, by the way, um, uh, yeah, there's this big old meteor coming. Um, probably nothing you guys can do about it. We gave you a 10-minute notice. And just brace for impact. If you survive, best of y'all. But you're probably not. What's the point of telling people a month ahead? huh? Because then what if people just start killing themselves, killing themselves, hurting each other, and just start going wild like on the perch? And then, oh, actually, hey, we made a mistake. The comment was actually going a complete different direction. Oh, my bad. Sorry that 300 million people killed themselves, but... You know, um, we made it. Everyone go back to living your lives. Because you know what? Sometimes people, sometimes there's miscalculations. 
Sometimes they have all the information and it doesn't go as planned. Sometimes they think they know some shit and it finds out it's not true. Like, would it be cool to find out if Sasquatch exists or not? Or Bigfoot? Or El Chupacabra? I don't know who made that. I think it's the same thing. Would it really fucking matter? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's out there, you know, uh, fucking uh, El Chapoing people in the woods. It's probably taken a couple lives, but no different than like wild dogs. I just think that it's, it's, you know, sometimes knowing less is actually more powerful because you live a little bit more freer. The more you have to worry about things or you're worrying about... I mean, look at the people that are these extreme conspiracy theorists about every little thing. You should, like, you should, there should, you should, each person should have some quote-unquote conspiracy theories that I wouldn't even say are out there, but at least are legible to be questioned. Like, it's good that people question things and create some quote-unquote conspiracies because it means there's thinking, people are connecting dots, like, "Mm, this doesn't make sense. Hmm, uh, this person's connected with that person, that person's connected with this person, and there was some weird funding going on. Hmm, why would he hang himself? Makes no sense. Those are legible conspiracies. Oh, this person's running a child sex ring. Hmm, yeah, yeah, that doesn't really, oh wait, he's connected to the leader, to the creator of Ralph Warren. Wow, oh, hmm, something's wrong here. Hmm, like, conspiracies have a place and they're necessary. And it's good that we have, it's good for you to question things. You shouldn't just be submissive to all thoughts, to all everything. It's never a good thing because that means you can be easily manipulated, you can be told anything, and you actually make no decisions for yourself, probably, because everything kind of connects, in my opinion. But just to sit here and. Just be that guy where everything is everything but the most obvious reason. Um, one, that's got to be a miserable existence. And I mean, all those people that we look at these extreme conspiracy, they're not a, I would say they're probably not normal guys that have a normal job or a family or, you know, they're probably not the most stable of individuals in general. Like, just think about the smartest people. Think about the most stable people you know. You know, they may say, Oh, the government. They're a bunch of fascists and communists. But they're not out here, you know, going on these rallies talking about Al-Qaeda is Canada's butt cousin. Like, oh, man. A little bit of a stretch there, don't you think? Um... ISIS is Joe Biden's fraternity. It's like, hmm, seems a bit of a stretch. Mm. It's like, look, there's shady shit everywhere. There's going to be shady shit anything you do, man. There's shady shit that happens at your job. You know, chances are your boss is probably a child predator. If he's old enough. Chances are your boss. Chances are you probably have a co-worker that, uh, you know, abuses their husband. I know it's uncommon, but it happens. Just because something's uncommon doesn't mean it can't happen. You know? And just because conspiracies 
the crazy ones seem completely out of left field, it's possible. My belief is, if you can think of something, it is possible for a reason. Because we are wired to think of things that are at least humanly possible in some aspect. Now, whether it's happening or not, and it's happening in this day of time, yeah. Look, you got to connect the dots and be obvious here. There's nothing wrong with seeing things beyond what they are, right? To critically now analyze and think to yourself and make an assumption, even if it's incorrect, that is okay. But just to have critical analysis, just to have critical analysis because you think everything has to be critical or analysis, it's, that's got to be a miserable existence. And I'm not telling people how to make their life more miserable because we all do it to ourselves as is. All I'm saying is, think about it. Who let the dog out? Ooh, 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 ooh. Oh my god, I miss my black lab. Oh, rest in peace, Marilyn. Rest in peace. Oh, she was a peace. She was a nice, good old dog. She wouldn't bite my toes if it said, bite me, ho. She wouldn't do it. She would just sniff, sniff, sniff. Lick, lick, lick. Kind of like, um... Adam Sandler's wife on click. I would go to bed, bath, and beyond, but I would be afraid to go to bed and take a bath and wonder how it would go beyond that. Do you get products? So, I bet bath and beyond on just a side tangent here. Not going to go too down the road here. Just as a side tangent, right? Shouldn't Bed Bath & Beyond have their own soap, shampoo, you know, bath products and shit? The same way like Bath & Body Works does? You literally sell fucking bathtubs. You literally sell shower curtains at Bed Bath & Beyond. But you don't have your own brand of shampoo? I understand you sell more things. It seems like Bed Bath & Beyond... Sells more of the beyond things than the bed or the bath. The only thing they have really for bed is like some pillows, pillow cases. They have some bed sheets and shit. And then you can get some curtains, shower curtains. You get some, you know, shower like accessories, like, you know, the floor rug. So, you know, for wet feet, you get your little toothbrush stand. You can, you know, other than that. It's just a bunch of kitchenware. It's just a bunch of... They, there's always a wedding registry. Who the fuck is registering their wedding at Bed Bath & Beyond? You know, I'm like, huh, I need to plan a wedding. Let me go to this commercial place that sells bathrobes. Like, or that sells freaking griddle pans. Or that sells ninja blenders. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. I mean, to each their own. But damn. You know? What do I know? I'm a fucking idiot. But I'm an idiot with a passion. And you know they say passion is the ignorant way of just saying that you're a fucking idiot. But you get to hide behind passion. 
Passionate from miles away Passive with the things you say I hold on to you And now for our mid-pod sponsor to delay the time a bit In today's episode, we are sponsored by Ghost Blue Raspberry Sour Patch Kids According to the Avery's, it says Ghost Sour Patch Blue Raspberry, where you take a sip, dip, and make sure she tight lip until you waltzy pip still first and go to third, and next thing you know, boom. Welcome to the world, little kin. That's what the ad read says. No matter how much the barbs will tell you, this is not a menage. Oh, Jesus. What a terrible play on words. This shit's not a mirage. None of this shit's a facade. Oh, Drake. Oh, Drake. I don't think I've ever creamed over a man's lyrics as much as Drake. I'm not gonna lie to you. No homo. I don't know how you can't say no homo after you say I creamed over a guy's lyrics. But hey, if it makes you feel, it makes you feel. Um, when the good ones go. Apparently, I heard that uh, someone told me. Um, shit, what, what was it? Oh, the good ones go. No, was it that? Jesus fucking Christ, Clint. Uh, it's going to drive me crazy if I don't look it up. Look it up. Uh, oh, yeah. Let me know you're my baby. Oh, yeah. The cameras slash good ones go. Apparently, there's a song by the samples from this artist named John B. Shout out to my boy. Um. Uh, Putting me on that game. Rap is one of these weird things. Kind of going back to the... um, Wow. I completely detoured from that rap thing from 28 minutes ago. With why um, each genre has a different importance of what's important for that genre. Right? But... It's kind of weird how like we just accept that rap like... the Or hip-hop. Or really, I guess probably R&B instrumental as well. It's probably actually now, and it's actually across all genres since it's all combined. It's just country. There's actually been country songs I've heard where I've kind of heard similar things. Country is more just repetitive now. I should say modern country is just more repetitive in the type of snap tracks and the type of synthesizing drums that literally um, a group of artists that kind of do the same thing literally are going to sound the same by default. And if you listen to it back to back to back, it's really hard to tell the difference with whose song is what if you don't see who the artist is but i would say with like rap and r&b and hip-hop it's just this kind of accepted thing that um sample literally you just like unfortunately drake has a lot of songs where like the chorus his chorus is in the song and you like the song practice it's an homage to back that ass up by juvenile the instrumental the chorus to an extent. I can tell that you've been. And Drake has a lot of songs where the chorus is attached to some 80s, 90s. Uh, and J. Cole had a few of those. Uh, like on Workout, that's a Paula Abdul sound. Teenage Fever by Drake. That's basically a sample and like kind of influence, we'll just say, of um a 
song from I believe nineties or probably early two thousands. It may be from Esther. If you take me all I want and you gave me all your trust and you lied to me, shoddy shoddy. But yeah, and there's a lot of those. Like, unfortunately, like I listen to it, I'm like, God damn it again. Oh Jesus. But is it homage or is it copy? Because like. Pretty sure those people get royalties and stuff. It's not like they're just blindly using it. Like, yeah. But, um, yeah. I forgot where I was going with that. Yeah, I just think, um, you know, it's a, it's a very interesting, the state of music is a very interesting thing, I guess, to think about. Oh, um, I would recommend anyone, you know, we've been kind of talking about the Ava and Preach and Today's, even though this probably won't be out for another week, um, I watched Abba. Abba, I'm getting the name right. Abba, Abba Atlas, um, the guy off Abba and Preach. You know them in the Fresh and Fit thing. He actually did a podcast interview, or he went on No Jumper podcast, pretty popular one, with Adam Twenty Two. And I've heard of, I heard Abba in different settings before, but being on a podcast as a guest. He wow, like I, I'm already pressed with him as an individual, anyways. And by the way, they talk about the fresh and fit thing for like maybe 12 minutes at most, and then they don't even really talk about specifically. But he does, but he does get into like why the well that the real ramifications of online shit and how he talks about the manosphere in general and how they kind of get lumped into it and. Talks about the faulty thinking of what the manosphere today teaches about getting bitches and all this shit. It's like, and then he gives his personal perspective of why that's not really a good thing to really pass on. That doesn't really prove your alphaness and all this shit. It's a really interesting interview because he really talks about more life-centric things that are beyond that. And it kind of, you know, I think sometimes we think of like these YouTubers and stuff. Oh, they edit their videos, so, you know, they make as entertaining as possible but when you're in this form where it's podcast and it's pretty much on it you just talk and stuff you get more of a gauge of who he is and you kind of sense who he is anyways who he is through videos but in this format it was just like wow he actually came off more articulate speaking and more knowledgeable than you know even i would think of him as before and he's always been one of the more knowledgeable people i see on youtube and stuff Really in any form. And just to hear how his kind of like his upbringing, um, being born, kind of being born in Canada, moving to Ethiopia with his father and things. And then um, moving back to Canada like 16 and going through the struggles that younger men go through and kind of like the different way of living, adapting. And just the, you know, the different ways of how he sees how us and like kind of the fresh and fit is like a prime example of how there's less like in Ethiopia, for example, where you're saying he's like, people wouldn't dare say some of the things people say here because here we say we don't trust the law. But first thing when people, um, but people feel really comfortable saying and doing a lot of shit here because they know they're protected by the law in a lot of ways where other countries it's not where like Ethiopia. It's not much law. The law is you basically taking care of yourself, 
in a sense. So you wouldn't dare even bring a talk of like be rude to someone in certain capacities that people feel too comfortable here. Like when you see the Karen thing, I think that's more of a reflection that they feel such a safe environment and that when police are invited and if police show up, the assumption it will de-escalate the situation. They act, they can act any type of way and there's this protection, right? And that's a good thing we live in a place where for the most part, you know, we don't have to worry about um we don't have to worry about not being protected by the law in most cases. Obviously there's bad situations that happen all the time, but in these other countries, um, like Ethiopia, where you're saying the law is don't do anything to get your ass beat because uh, you get your ass beat. There's really not much going to help you. It's this kind of self-policing. So people are more respectful. They learn more manners. He's like, that's why you see like 30, 40 year olds here that just have no gauge of no gauge of self-awareness of generosity. Because here, um, basically, essentially, being an inconsiderate, being an asshole, is rewarded in a lot of ways. Ethiopia, being an asshole, gets you in check and gets your ass beat. Here, it's rewarded. You learn, you learn to manage your ego and to use your ego in the correct ways. In a place like Ethiopia, we're here in third world country, we're here. It's almost like we have to use our ego to actually stand out from the crowd, to actually be a desirable mate type of thing. And that's just kind of like the, just hearing that fascination, right? Because, you know, just hearing the true differences in third world countries and first world countries like we are, it's, it's this huge start. And the irony is I think there's there's a lot of people here that actually have third world country like type of values and the moral good ways respect and everything but when you live in this world when you live in this country it's almost like adaptation by survival you have to adapt to your environment like if you don't kind of become a little bit of your surrounding you're gonna get eaten up and not survive because what that society strives for and what it looks for is exactly what you're not and you kind of have to give in a little and give and take but somehow still hold a piece of what matters to you you kind of got to play the game here until you don't have to play the game and it was just fat that that was kind of what i picked up that's like my personal assessment it's a great interview i'd never listen i almost never watch a no jumper i think i've maybe seen two interviews of no jumper and that's just because sometimes like you know if it's not like a regular podcast I listen to, it has to be guests I'm interested. And Adam 22 is actually a great interview for the most part, you know. And, you know, I was obviously a big ABBA fan and listen to that. It was just great. I would recommend go check it out. All right. I think I'm going to wrap it up there. Um, that was episode 52 of the Off and Beat podcast. Um, remember to like and subscribe to Vid. Um, you know. Continue the analytics, continue the listens on the audio, and uh, yeah, that is today's episode whenever this is posted. That was episode 52, guys, and oh yeah, don't forget to suck some titties!
and uh, eat some booty. Let her know that you want to suck her noodle up like a good old fucking nude. God damn it, Clinton. Slap me in the face and call me daddy. Oh, Jesus.